Welcome back, folks. I am your host, the NFL Always Offseason GM, Fred, and we're back after a hiatus with a great episode for you here. We're going to be running through our top 10 day three impact rookies. So basically, we're picking our favorite fits from the draft. Guys selected on day three, that's rounds four through seven. And basically who we think can have the the biggest impact in year one. We'll even take a look back at who we named from last year to see how we actually ended up on this segment. So make sure you stay tuned. We're going to jump right into it right away. So our favorite impact rookies from day three of the NFL draft. Uh, basically starting off this segment here, what I want to do is I want to look back at last year and some of the guys check back on how we did. And last year we ranked them. We're not going to rank them this year. But leading right off the pack here, our number 10 guy was Marco Wilson for the Arizona Cardinals. I believe I initially kind of cheated with it and said Marco Wilson or Tay Gowan. Well, it turns out Marco Wilson had the edge there and actually played a ton for the Cardinals last year. It was a, a pretty much, I believe he was an impact starter. Like, I don't think he was like outstanding, but he started a ton of games for the Cardinals last year. So they got a good one on the day three of the draft last year. Daz Newsom was another guy. I don't really think he was even on the active roster for much of last year. But once again, he was selected in the sixth round, so you can't ex- expect much. Our number eight guy was Hamsa Nas- Nasruddin. I-, I struggle to say his name every single time we do it. But I-, I think he was mainly a core special teamer for the New York Jets last year. I don't think he really registered any starts. He actually only says he had two starts last year. So once again, key special teamer. When you look at how he was built, 6'3", 215, it's, it kind of made sense that that was where he was going to end up. Next, we had Brevin Jordan, uh, tight end for the Houston Texans. Uh, essentially, what happened was he, he did see some playing time. I don't think he started a ton of games. I think Jordan Aikens actually beat him out for that job and took a majority of the snaps. Uh, Brevin Jordan, like I said, still registered some playing time, but I think he'll see a jump in production this year in his second year sophomore campaign. Uh, the next guy on our list was Chris Evans. Uh, I honestly thought that they'd use him more in like a pass catching role rather than defer to Samaj P. Ryan. And once the season got rolling, the Bengals really leaned heavily on Joe Mixon as like a bell cow back. And then when he needed a spell, it was mainly P. Ryan or if he had to miss time. So Chris Evans kind of got pushed to the wayside. The next guy on our list here is going to be Luke Farrell. He was a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars this past season. And he ended up registering four starts. Not bad for a guy taken in the fifth round. Seven reception, 56 yards. Uh, really, that's that's not terrible. I thought, especially once Dan Arnold, uh, or before Dan Arnold got shipped into town there, that he really could have been seeing some significant playing time and kind of a guy that they could have brought, brought along. But they ended up bringing in Dan Arnold, and he ended up taking a ton of those snaps that I thought that Luke Farrell was going to end up with. So once again, not a terrible selection. But out of the fifth round, you're still getting decent production out of a guy. The next one up is going to be Desmond Fitzpatrick. I thought, really, when you look at it, the opportunity was there for someone to take that number two job opposite of A.J. Brown. And it ended up being, uh, in I apologize, the Westbrook and Nika Smith or something like uh, I apologize. I'm not saying his name right at all. But I think we all know who I'm talking about here. Ended up really seizing that job. And I think he's coming into the season still as like the number two behind Robert Woods along with Traylon Burks there. So 
I, I just kind of swung and missed on Des Fitzpatrick. It sounds like he's going to be like a wide receiver for this year. So I will also agree that I just missed on that one. Next up, we had Deontay Brown. It was going to be offensive guard for the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers had a notably bad offensive line the last couple years. I thought that there was going to be some serious opportunity, especially if they were bad, for some of these guys to get some run on the offensive line if anybody got banged up. And Deontay Brown really just kind of got lapped, and he's still listed as number two on the depth chart. So another big swing and a miss for us on uh, our number three guy. Number two is going to be one of the guys that we ended up did that we did end up getting right, and it's going to be Trey Brown, the cornerback for the the Seattle Seahawks. I believe he was entering the season as the starter, and uh, he ended up starting three games for him, and only but he only ended up playing in five. So I'm guessing he had some type of injury last year. I'm guessing he missed significant time, but he was really slated to have a big role on that Seattle secondary, and uh, we'll we'll get into more of that there later in the in the in the episode here today and then our number one guy and this one was a home run this one is it was probably the easiest one to see it was going to be Amon Ross St. Brown he was a big time standout as a number one target really for most of the season uh, even ahead of Logan Hawkinson sometimes uh, in in their excuse me starting lineup so really this was this was an easy one to see and him falling to the fourth round still doesn't make sense to me to this day when he was a great football player at USC. It was a great fit in Detroit. They needed a guy like that, and that's exactly what they got. And he's going to have a big role moving forward. So I'm on Ross St. Brown, uh, that rounding out our top 10. So we, we did all right last year. I think we're going to do a little bit better this year. And uh, we're, we're just going to get into it after a quick break here. So coming back around here, I, I just wanted to break the episode up there a little bit, basically give you an idea of when we're really cutting over there. And uh, number one on our list, I, like I said, we're not going to rank them. This is in no specific order, but these are going to be 10 rookies that I expect to have an impact that were selected on day three of the draft in 2022 that are going to have an impact on their team's roster this year. And the first one on the list here, once again, we're going to cheat again. Similar fashion to what we did with the Arizona Cardinals last year, but I'm going to go to Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to go Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, cornerbacks for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the, the main reason I like this is these are classic Seahawks corners where they're basically these really long, really athletic dudes that were kind of taken in the middle of the draft that nobody's really expecting to have a huge role, but I think that they're going to have a big role. And one of them is going to be able to hit. One of them is going to see significant playing time. Someone's going to get nicked up. Someone's going to get uh, put into the starting lineup. And I think someone's going to look really good. Right now, they're they're currently slated to have Trey Brown start. Uh, opposite of him, it'll be Sidney Jones. And then in the slot, we're getting Uchenna Nuoso. And, oh, wait, my bad. Uh, the, our lads has it listed as slot corner my bad that's strong side linebacker I apologize nickelback's gonna be Justin Coleman so I think that the nickel's pretty solid there but I think Trey Brown if one of these guys really shows up and looks better than him I think they could win that one I think that they're all better than Artie Burns I don't necessarily think that that's a huge obstacle for them so I think that there's some serious opportunity for Tariq Woolen and Colby Bryant to get cracked into the starting lineup here and really make an impact on this Seattle defense 
The next one on our list here is going to be Isaiah Spiller, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I heard someone recently put it put it very well, and it's basically every year you're looking at this Chargers backfield, and Austin Eckler, just by the, the sheer volume that this guy gets in the passing game and the running game, he's going to miss some time. He's going to get nicked up. It's it's happened. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he's missed some sort of time almost every year in his career. And I think that he's at his best when he is splitting some time, when he can kind of vulture all those those catches out of the backfield but still have a role in the running game, but splitting the carries with somebody. And I think Isaiah Spiller is the perfect guy for that. He's this big physical back who's very shifty at the second level. And it's not going to be a question anymore. Is it going to be Joshua Kelly? Is it Larry Roundtree? Is it Justin Jackson? Who's going to get the carries this week? If Austin Eckler can't go, it's going to be Isaiah Spiller. This guy, I, I think he's going to be legit. He was uh, my running back two, I believe, in the draft. I, re- I really, really like this guy. I was not scared of his four six two speed. I, I was really impressed with his athleticism, his uh, lateral quickness, his in and out of his breaks, his shiftiness, his ability to miss tackles at the second level. I, was, I really liked his game. So I think Isaiah Spiller fitting in with the Chargers is going to be a beautiful fit. Next up on this list for day three selections, it's going to be Zach Tom, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. And really when you look at this Green Bay Packers team, I think when you're when you're leveling out their offensive line, you got Bakhtiari on the left side. I think Elton Jenkins' home is going to be on the right side at the right tackle. I think that makes the most sense where the biggest hole is, and he can pretty much play anywhere. And then when you're looking on the interior, it's been a mixture of guys uh, middle round draft picks, early draft picks, guys that are not, they're slated as starters, but guys that like, they don't have a job locked up. I think Josh Myers would really be the only guy at center that's really locked in there. But you look at both guard spots, Royce Newman, uh, John Runyon Jr. I believe the the gentleman out of UCLA is going to get some run as well too at guard possibly this year, getting a chance to start. But Zach Tom, if he shows up and shows out the road to playing time for him is going to be really easy, uh, especially if Elton Jenkins misses time and they got to start shuffling some of these guys around. He's going to be able to ins- insert pretty much anywhere of those interior spots, which makes you really useful. And uh, if Bakhtiari has to miss time again, which he has the last couple seasons, you even have more flexibility. I think that this guy could see, you know, a few spot starts and maybe even win a starting job if he looks really good. So Zach Tom, huge opportunity for him there. Next guy on our list, and I wanted to make sure we got a quarterback on the list. And it was almost criminal that I thought that this guy ended up going day three. I just didn't understand. There had to be something that we didn't know about. I I don't know if it's a character flaw. I don't know. I'm not stating anything. I don't have any sources. I just don't understand how this guy ends up as a fifth-round pick. But it's going to be Sam Howell being the quarterback for the Washington Commanders. And the only reason I'm saying this is because if we look at Carson Wentz and his last couple stops – as a starting quarterback, they have not gone well. And it, it's almost puzzling to me at this point how Wentz gets the starting gig in Washington, like, unab- like unabated, like, this, like there's no challengers. So, like, if he's bad and this team is tanking and they're doing awful, like, are you going to keep rolling them out there? No, you're going you're gonna to move on to the next guy. Let's see what we got in Sam Howell. This guy had first-round pedigree headed into the year, and I thought he was very gutsy this, this season. You know, some of his decision-making didn't really get that much better, but was that the supporting cast around him? I don't know. When you look at when he had a great supporting cast the year before, he was a phenomenal talent. And they have some serious talent on that offense now between Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, 
Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson in the backfield. I think that, I mean, they're looking very solid on offense. So if you want to see what Sam Howell can really do, turn them loose. Let them play with some of these guys. And I think it's a huge opportunity playing behind Carson Wentz because it's a guy that's looked very, very shaky in recent years. Moving on to the next guy on our list, it's going to be Jamari Slater, offensive lineman for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Jamari Slater, offensive guard from Georgia, had some representation in the national championship this year, and I'm just pulling up their depth chart because I think his road to playing time, once again, is very, very easily, it's very easily seeable. So currently as it stands, they selected Zion Johnson. He's going to be a starter. Corey Lindsley, he's going to be a starter. Rashawn Slater, starter. Those guys are like pretty much in ink at this point. Then we're taking a look at that left guard spot. Matt Filer on our lads is currently slated to start with Storm Norton at right tackle. So I believe there was some buzz around there that they felt comfortable bumping Filer out to right tackle if they needed to do so. So really, it's a sh- it's a showdown between who's going to be a more quality starter between Storm Norton, Jamari Slater, or one of these other guys on the back end of this, uh, or the second team here, possibly even a Trey Pipkins. But you could really see a road to playing time for this guy. Corey Lindsley's missed time on and off in his career. You could bump Filer inside, play Slater inside. Uh, you could see him even beating out Storm Norton where they kick Filer out to tackle and you play uh, Jamari Slater inside. I think that it's a very realistic possibility that this guy could see some very quality snaps or even see some spot starts if he doesn't crack the starting lineup. So another Los Angeles Charger makes our list here. Next up is going to be Brandon Smith, linebacker from Penn State, selected to the Carolina Panthers. Now, Brandon Smith, athletic freak. He had some serious buzz coming into the season, but he didn't quite live up to the buzz. He still just kind of looked like an athletic project. So him going to the Carolina Panthers opens up some intriguing possibilities because as I pull up their depth chart here, he's currently slated as the backup, and he's really only the backup to Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson, and Frankie Le- Levu, I apologize if I didn't say that right. Along with uh, competing for start or playing time with Corey Littleton, who was the standout for the Los Angeles Rams before signing with the Vegas Raiders a couple years back. Now, I don't think he's going to beat out Shaq Thompson, so we could be realistic there. And I think his best position is going to be Will Linebacker. I don't think he's bulked up enough to be kind of a stumper between the tackles. But he's got the athletic profile where he can run with some of these guys if he did put a little bit of size on. And I don't think it's out of the question that he could try to beat out a Damian Wilson. Damian Wilson is by no means this clear-cut upper echelon starter. I think that that's a realistic opportunity there, along with uh, Frankie LeVue as well at uh, the other strong side linebacker position. But once again, he's he's going to have to add some size to do that. But I still see a road or an opportunity there, especially on a defense that has a lot of these guys that are athletic freaks you know, like a Jeremy Chin that can kind of play all over the place. So I think being very flexible in who you can line up is a big part of their defense. And I think I, I really like how he fits in there, essentially. Moving right along on our list here, we have our next player is going to be Khalil Shakir for the Buffalo Bills. And if we're taking a look, once again, pulling the depth chart up for the Buffalo Bills, They currently are slated to have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Those guys are concrete starters. Their number three receiver, their slot receiver, is going to be Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie are both going to compete for playing time there. So 
my path to playing time here is he could see some time if some if one of those uh, main two guys, you know, misses due to injury. But Jamison Crowder, oft injured at the tail end of his career, not exactly buying in. So you could see Shakir really trying to split a role here with Isaiah McKenzie, trying to complete for, or compete for playing time on the field. And Gabe Davis, while looking extremely promising in the playoffs last year, uh, he's been no sure thing in his career to this to this point. So I think Khalil Shakir really has an opportunity if he can show out in camp, show out in the preseason, and earn a role on this offense. I think he could be a key piece for them moving forward as well too. Moving right back to the Los Angeles Chargers, they had a ton of guys that I think that the road to playing time for them is just it just makes way too much sense. And uh, the next guy on our list here is going to be Otito Ogabonia. I apologize if I said that wrong. I'm just going to call him Double O. But this guy, he's got a real shot at like being a starter, maybe on even on day one. Uh, currently slated in front of him is Jerry Tillery, who the the product out of Notre Dame has not lived up to his first round selection. Could be a guy that they look to move on from here in the the near future at some point. And I I, I don't even see him if. Uh, double O here could beat him out in camp. I mean, Tillery might not even start. They were not good up front. So anybody that's going to be better than somebody, if as long as it's an open competition here, I think if there's a realistic possibility he could beat him out. I don't think he's a true nose tackle. He's not going to be playing that Sebastian Joseph Day role. And then they also have Austin Johnson on the other side. It could be a possibility he splits some time there. But at least I think he's going to see some serious rotation snaps. As some of these guys that he's listed you know, just behind or ahead of on the roster. I don't think that they're world beaters for sure. So his road to playing time, very easy, especially behind Jerry Tillery. And then we're getting to the last guy on our list here. It's going to be the New York Giants tight end. It's going to be Daniel Bellinger. Now, now hear me out. This one might be reaching a little bit, but I think that this guy has opportunity. He's listed as their number three tight end, which is why it might be reaching a little bit. But when I look at who's in front of him, it's Ricky Seals-Jones, who was like tight end three for the Commanders the last year. Uh, Jordan Akins, who was a starting tight end on one of the worst offenses in the entire league. And then it's Daniel Bellinger. So if you're going to look to try to build pieces, the, the Giants know they're not going to be good. So he's going to get some run eventually. It's just what is he going to do with those opportunities? Because I think that those are both some vets at the tail end of their career that he can realistically beat out uh, as he he's a guy that they can build the future around there. So give me Daniel Bellinger to make a name for himself in this New York Giants offense. So that's going to be our 10 guys, our favorite day three selections, where they fit in on their teams and the, the best roles that they're going to have. I think that they could have some serious impact on each one of these squads. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if there's any guys that we missed or if there's some guys that you think are going to be day three impact starters on teams that we did miss. So that's going to be it for the show this week. Uh, we're going to try to keep some of these off-season ones, unless we really get going on a rant here, uh, pretty short. I want to keep some of these segments you know, under you know, 25, 30 minutes to keep them concise, keep you guys interested, uh, moving along with it. Obviously, if there's some big-time breaking news, we'll hit that at the top, but we're always going to come to the table each week with some unique, different idea or even something from last year that 
uh, really went over well. So make sure you tune in each week, see what we have planned. We'll be going strong uh, each and every week. As of right now, we'll be posting on Thursday nights into Friday mornings, but stay tuned if that date is subjected to change. Once again, we appreciate every single one of you. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get the pod when it comes out each week, and we'll see you next week.